This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. At 5.36 p.m. on March 27, 1964, a megathrust earthquake ripped through south-central Alaska, causing destruction and tsunamis, resulting in 143 deaths. This earthquake, lasting almost three minutes, was the most powerful earthquake recorded in North American history. And it was the second most powerful that has ever been measured by the seismograph. At 9.2, it is the number two largest earthquake recorded in history. This natural disaster brought worldwide attention. And with widespread attention, it attracted spiritualists and doomsday prophets. Just as we see today with Pat Robertson and his use of fear to gain support during the 2010 earthquake of Haiti or the hurricane that struck New Orleans, we find devious minds preying on the weaknesses of the human heart, and we find that they were alive and well in 1964. But one spiritual leader, William Branham, turned this catastrophic event into a prophecy. Not one that came to pass, however. Even though this was prophesied after the event happened, we find, examining the prophecy, that this was indeed another failed prophecy in the long line of failures by this cult leader. The first time that this earthquake is mentioned on recorded tape is April 1st, 1964. But even though this was after the ale alleged event of the prophecy, no mention of the prophecy was given. The earthquake was used in a, as a tool in the sermon, used as a fear tactic to instill godly fear into the hearts of men. 1964 identified Christ of all ages. Branham says this, Now we see things happening like it's been happening in the world the last few days. For instance, the great earthquake in Alaska. Never has been an earthquake like that in all the world. Did you notice it came on Good Friday. You know, the last time the world was shaken was on Good Friday, too, when our master died, and it shook the whole world. 
And remember, it might be the sign of him returning. He said that there'd be earthquakes in diverse places. Today we got another one in California. They're just appearing everywhere. Light earthquakes. And we notice that even the Capitol building has moved out of its place and moved back. And now down there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, there's a swimming pool there. Dashed the waters out plumb from Alaska. Over in Switzerland, Sweden, and through there, shook building and things all around the world. I believe it's trying to open our eyes to see the hour that we're living. I'm here in godly fear that it might be sooner than we think of his appearing. But notice, Branham says that he believes it is trying to open our eyes. He uses it as a warning for preparation in the sermon, not a declaration of judgment. Over time in the, ser the sermons from 1964 to 1965, Branham gradually changes this warning into prophecy. But never was any explanation given by God as to what the people of Alaska had done that was so awful that it deserved the wrath of Almighty God. When Branham describes how this prophecy was given, it was not the Lord speaking through him. Instead, it was a spirit that Branham called the Holy Spirit, telling him to say the words, Thus saith the Lord. 1965, Choosing of a Bride, he says, And he said, speaking of the Spirit, Throw it in the air and say, Thus saith the Lord, I did. Down from there come a little funnel of wind. I said, Within 24 hours you'll see the hand of God. But was this the Holy Spirit? When the Old Testament prophets declared judgment on the nations in the days of old, God spoke through the prophets to rebuke their constant fall to idolatry. Like a father correcting his child, God gave reason for the punishment. Many times there is an option to prevent the judgment and wrath if they turned from their wickedness to God. But the poor people of Alaska were given no warning, given no reason, and seemingly being destroyed simply because William Branham said so. Again, notice Branham said in the sermon, I said, not God said. What if I suddenly did like William Branham and threw a little stone in the air and said, Judgment is going to strike Montana. I'd have an entire church questioning the nonsense that I just spewed from my mouth. Why is God going to smite Montana? What did those poor people do? Can they repent? Is it too late? Why did God not warn them first? The first time that this earthquake is mentioned as a prediction was in a sermon entitled Jehovah Jireh also days after the quake. But it isn't Branham who predicted the earthquake. This, this prophecy came from Jesus Christ, not William Branham. Branham says this, 1964, Did you see Alaska having a couple more earthquakes today? One of them as hard as the first one, 
only it didn't shake it down. You know Jesus said them kind of things would take place just before his coming. But there is one change to the words of Jesus Christ that Branham has just employed in this simple sentence, again used in a fear strategy. Branham said that Jesus said these types of earthquakes would happen just before his coming. What Jesus actually said is found in Mark 13:8. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. But these are just the beginning of birth pains. It's Mark 13:8. Jesus said that the quakes signified the beginning, not the end. There were a long list of things described in our roadmap from tribulation to falling stars from heaven. Immediately after giving the description of how false prophets would rise in our roadmap to the kingdom, Christ told us what would happen before the end. And it was not an earthquake to punish the poor people of Alaska. He says this, Mark 13, 24-26, But in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken, and they will see the coming of the Son of Man coming in the clouds with his great power and glory. After the tribulation. It feels very strange having to say this. It, it feels awkward saying that it was a failed prophecy since it was given after the event happened. But the cult followers are programmed to believe that anything that William Branham said from behind a cult, from behind a pulpit, is the absolute truth. Even though they are given access to the same resources to find a single prophecy given before the event, and even though they can search and try to find one that happened exactly as William Branham claimed, they refuse because they falsely believe that they can rest assured in the words of Branham rather than the word of God. But even if this scenario were true, even if this was given after the fact, this, this prophecy was given incorrectly. You see, in this scenario, if this were true, the word of God would have failed. Under Old Covenant law, God did not strike without warning for repentance. This would be a different God, a ruthless one, that did not care for his children and did not desire for all to be saved and all to believe in his name. And God does not strike an entire state filled with good Christian people as judgment for some unknown mistake. And then change his mind about his actions. He does not strike with judgment and say that it was a warning shot. It was a warning shot for the coming judgment. According to the words of this prophet, God failed. God abandoned us. God deserted his people for no known reason. The people of Alaska were severed from the body of Christ without any knowledge as to why. 
They do not even know what they should repent for. Branham never told them. This is not the God that we serve. We do not serve a narcissistic God who shows random wrath. <laughs> we serve a God that strikes, that does not strike without warning. We don't serve a God that instills fear into our hearts and says, Just kidding, guys. That was just a warning. I was only joking when I said judgment. Did you really believe that? Fear me or I will send the real judgment upon your heads for that unknown sin. That's not the God that we serve. If you are trapped in this cult, you don't need to fear this man. You don't need to fear your pastors or even your friends who tell you that judgment awaits for reading your Bibles when it directly contradicts William Branham. We don't have to fear. Deuteronomy 18.22 says, But the prophet who shall speak a word presumptuously in my name, which is exactly what we just saw, but the prophet who does this, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he shall speak in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. Notice the spirit that gave him this false prophecy. It continues to say, And you may say in your heart, How will we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. The prophet is dead. This prophecy given in Deuteronomy was accurate. Branham gave a presumptuous prophecy, one that the Lord did not give him, and our Bibles tell us we don't have to be afraid of him any longer. He died just a few months after this. We are free. Paul said in Galatians 4, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those by that nature who are not gods. But now you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God. How can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. Whose slaves you want to be once more? Come to know the real God. Come to know the God of the Bible. The God who loves us. The God who cares for us. And will one day take us into our new home. 